0: Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt.
1: I'm Butch.
2: And I'm Jody Paul.
0: And this episode 111 is a very special episode. We have been to Fright Fest 2022. How the devil are you doing, guys?
1: Well, I'm fucked. So <laughs> <I> had... <laughs> So yeah. Thanks, Fright Fest, and really enjoyed myself. And now I've got COVID for the first time in two and a half years. <laughs> So, yeah, I've been uh, asleep for the last two days. So, yeah, pretty good.
2: Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. No COVID here, thank God. Um, yeah.
1: Which Very consider, excited
2: to talk about these films.
1: Considering we had a cuddle, you know.
2: Yeah,
3: I know. <laughs>
2: considering we shared a bed, um, platonically, I might add. Uh, but, yeah, for five, four, nights, four nights. And I'm amazed I didn't get it, but, yeah. Hey,
0: Well, if you do go around licking the walls, that's what's going to happen. <laughs>
1: Just speaking to a lot of fans, man. Um, no, at a cracking time, it's great. We we're basically going to break down the five days that we were there and the numerous um, films. We, we fucking were tenacious in the amount of movies that we watched. We didn't have many breaks. So, uh, yeah, be prepared. Sit down, strap yourself on. Look at the minutes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you've got a movie in our list and you're one of the directors or actors and you want to check it out, you've got the minutes to be able to break it down in the, uh, in the comments and just go straight to your movie. Because I know that's what you want to do. But it'd be, it'd be nice to listen to the rest of the reviews as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. It'd be uh, good to know what people think. So, are we ready to kick this off?
1: Yeah, man. Let's go into Thursday. Thursday. Oh, my God. Right. What an opener. First movie we went to see is Leia directed by neil marshall um starring his wife charlotte kirkland um we are back to sort of Doc soldiers territory where we've got um you know army in this time afghanistan and we are looking at monsters basically from a fucking from the deep dark some kind of nuclear hunkered base from russia so it's not a bad we've got a monster movie basically to start with um, we had a nice um, Q&A from uh, Neil Marshall as well, which was great. Um, and his wife was there. So that's all good. What What, what do you boys think about this one?
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was quite good, actually. I was um, pleasantly surprised because I went in, obviously went in totally blind about this one. Um, I, I thought it was really, really good. And it was, uh, it had um, a smattering of like dog soldiers feel to it. Um, a bit, a bit more explosions, a bit more fun, like what he's explained. At the start, it was like this. This is my movie where I want to blow things up and and kind of uh, have fun. So, you know, there, there, it was a good, it was a great opener. I it was it was lots of fun, and uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Geordie Paul, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I well, I sort of agree with you to a point. I suppose it was. I wouldn't say it's a film of substance, is it? It just splatters everything onto the screen and just says, "There you go." Uh, it was definitely very much like a, a, his other film, Dog Soldiers, um, with the sort of dynamic of the team and all that type of stuff. Uh, there was some great one-liners in it, some very, very dodgy accents in it. Um, yeah, and a decent central premise, um, but it, it, it was quite popcorny. But there was no so real. I don't didn't really feel there was a ton of substance to it kind of put it that way but it was yeah enjoyable enough and a good start because yeah. you don't want anything too heavy when you first go
1: into there <laughs> no it's proper good fun like we said monsters great one-liners special effects were great we learned that like there was actually wo- only one monster suit in there um like i said there was stupid stupid accents like and stupid one-liners like you know base this one mainly came from our uh, um our favorite taff and constantly going on about rugby um and as with dog soldiers the one probably going on about football all the time there was like you know those sort of similarities it felt very diy um and it was it was just good fun it was it, it, it followed uh you know charlotte's character um crashed a plane <laughs> i mean the plane <laughs> seemed to sort of no top gun um but it didn't need to be um and it was sort of just like a a faux rescue and then there was some fucking real absolute cheese on toast bits with like i'm going to go in and rescue this person and then i'm going to and everyone else is going to fucking die trying it was that sort of scenario
0: it's good fun yeah, there it was there it was good, some good gore in there as well i thought some really good special effects i thought it was pretty well done but yeah it was a great it was a, i think it was a perfect opener because everybody seemed to have fun in the big IMAX screen that we are in everybody's like laughing cheering and and stuff like that and um i think it was a, a good choice to open with
1: played very well on the IMAX, IMAX screen yeah sure, not a bad one to kick the first day off i mean this one for me i give like a um because of all the special effects one liners and the thing it gives it it gets a solid uh um eight out of ten for me in 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 this one so that's a good start for, for me
0: Fair play i think uh, for me i'm, sli- I'm slightly low. i'm probably more of a seven um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, you know, it was it was great fun. What about you, Jordy Paul?
2: Uh, well, I'm going to go slightly lower again. Maybe a bit, been, bit too harsh, but I'm going to go six. So it was a b- above average, but needed a bit more for me to, to really...
1: I think we need to uh, talk to Paul about his, um, uh, fr- you know, Fright Fest scores. These are, this is your Fright Fest experience. So, you know, think of it against the other movies of Fright Fest.
3: Yeah, I yeah. am.
2: Just wait for the next scores.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Right then. Who's got the next movie?
2: So that's me. So from from that, we um, were treated to uh, a French film called Visitor from the Future. So this is based on a web series a couple of years ago in France. And obviously, apparently it was huge in France. And uh, they made a movie out of it. We had a nice little introduction by the director, uh, who was quite funny um by saying he said uh the web series was made for no money and now um we've made a film with a bit more money but still not a lot so it made us all chuckle and um, we didn't really know what we're going on about go go into this but basically the, the the premise of it is um that there's been a nuclear disaster which has wiped out the world and uh people are traveling back in time to try and cut find the man who or kill the man who was responsible for creating that nuclear disaster it's a bit like terminator 2 i suppose uh or terminator and then um along the way they get uh, embroiled in uh with his daughter and then they they end up in the future and uh lots of shenanigans happen wow what can i say i absolutely loved this film <laughs> um i just thought it was brilliant i completely unexpected i thought i was going to hate it and it started and in, within five minutes it sort of had my heart and I was fully in. Because it's it's one of the funniest things I've ever watched in a while. Really, really um, well impressed. And that was just the first five minutes. So, yeah, what did you guys think?
1: Yeah, like, it's obviously an end of the world movie. Uh, very sci-fi. But, like I said, I, I went in with zero expectations. Almost thinking, that oh, this is probably one we could have missed. But, fucking hell, like, first five minutes of dialogue the sort of hijinks the time traveling um, tomfoolery within the first like sort of five minutes of it um was absolutely genius and the, the dialogue was just spot on i loved the characters i really wanted them to do well you know i loved them i thought that the production was spot on the music was absolutely quality and we got zombies at the end of the world and and it was just a fun story to follow um followed from you know the uh, the, the characters in the present to to the ones that would like time try and travel in to the ones that the time traveling police who sit outside the 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 ta- time itself bunch of douchebag like corporate sellouts and trying to stop trying to stop our heroes um yeah it was fucking great it dealt with some like really interesting issues and it did time travel well i thought it's funny very funny what are you matt
0: yeah for again and you know i resonate from what you said um like right right from the get-go i think it's, it's so clever in doing that i mean literally i i don't think i've heard bigger laughs in in that cinema um straight from the get-go and it was just yeah it won won me over straight away as well um the effects absolutely brilliant for obviously a low budget sounded like a low budget i mean i don't know what the budgets were but fantastic and there's and there's some. It took me to some places which I didn't think it would. With being so funny, it had a really poignant bit in it that actually hit me in the gut. I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, which we're not going to go into spoilers, but but yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this like a lot, a lot. Yeah, it's got a real
2: heart to was isn't it? Like a real like heart.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All I can say is, it, it, I think I overheard this has. Um got distri- distribution. Um, so all I can say is go watch this one if you can find it, seek it out, see watch this movie. So what about scores? Um Butch, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, this is uh nine out of ten for me. This was going on ten. It was an absolute treat.
2: Yeah, ten out of ten. Ooh. Unbelievable. I absolutely I didn't I from start to finish, it had me, it was brilliant and I will be buying it when it comes out, and I implore everybody. If you're a fan of sci-fi, horror, fantasy, or even just comedy, it is brilliant. So, yeah, definitely fantastic film, and I was blown away. And considering it was only the second film we watched, I, was, I thought, and being my first Pride Fest, I thought, wow, this is going to be an amazing
3: weekend.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd go slightly lower. I'd go a nine, um, but maybe on a second watch, I might go higher. I'm not sure. I think it's a great choice, Um by them to put this on. I mean it isn't out and out horror, but fuck it, it's got zombies in, so it's horror. Um but it I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Great times were had. After that, it was the closing film. Uh and we were treated uh, by a lot of the uh cast members and the director came out on this one. It was Scare Package 2 Chad's Revenge. Rad Chad's Revenge isn't it? Or Chad Rad's Revenge. Um, I can't remember. Rad Shattered Revenge. Rad Shattered Revenge. Anyway, so I was, I'll tell you one thing before I start. I was, you know, I was pretty proud of us, I will say, and I'm going to give ourselves a little pat on the back because it was absolutely amazing seeing people in that queue um, of uh, actors, directors um, that we've had on the podcast. So it, it really, I thought, oh, fucking hell, fair play to us. You know, it, you had, um uh Rodina yeah Jed Shepard, Kelly Maroney, Graham Skipper. We've had them all on the podcast. And I thought... Gemma Moore. Uh, yeah, Gemma Moore as well, yeah. Um, Fantastic. So that was cool. Anyway, on to the film. This one is obviously a follow-up from uh Scare Package, the first movie. Um It's a little bit weird because the director did say, like, straight away they didn't think they were going to make another... A movie and they were very surprised um, uh, uh, the, the sent alarm bells ringing a little bit with me but anyway um, it's uh, another anthology movie uh, with segments in it, I think there was probably what about four segments in there, four or five um, which broke down into stories with a kind of underlining story going through it which I was very tired and I didn't really enjoy it much what about you no, guys? there
1: were some elements that wasn't too bad, like there were some of the, the For the Love of the 90s um, which was quite interesting, it was sort of take um, a tongue-in-cheek take on the uh, final girl um, and uh, v- 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 trope, Lashes. I suppose.
0: Yeah, slashers kind of piss-take thing, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, which was one of the most sort of standout anthologies, but for me um, this was a bit of a miss, unfortunately, um, overall. As an anthology, I mean, we've got VHS ninety uh, nine coming out in the next two months, I think, um, and that sort of series for me is like tick ticks a lot of the boxes. Um, the overarching story sort of um, did ruin it for me, I think, um, with this one. Some of the stories were right. I mean, you had Jed's um, Lighthouse, uh, Lighthouse Ghosts again, and all the host girls were back, but even that couldn't save it. I think.
0: No, I think as well. It was just for me. It was just so slapsticky it was almost like watching a scary movie times 10 i just i just couldn't get on with it i just I, it lost my interest and it was way too way too long some of the scenes between the shorts were just too long for me yeah i think yeah, they
1: concentrated yeah. on the um get into the the stories quicker and eliminating some of the the actual in-between bits i think it, it could be a lot more slicker um, and easier to watch
2: I completely agree with everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very long. I mean, it doesn't help that it was the last film. Obviously, we travelled down, and you know, everyone's going to be tired. And um, yeah, they should have just bung another anthology story in the middle of it, and to, to cut out a lot of the central story because it wasn't really a central story. And it it flew around all over the place, like being a, a parody of Saw and a it, it a lot Saw. So. <sighs> yeah, a lot of Saw, but it was just yeah, it just took ages. And then, like you said, none of the none of the segments really blew us away you know the the final girl thing was good at the start but there's a couple of editing choices which i think i said up then was they they throw up like a fact file of each um final girl but it was like a flash you couldn't really digest who the final girl was i mean there's a couple of them that were obvious but i still don't know a couple of them weren't i'm I'm pretty sure with the famous final girls but and i'm I'm quite a quick reader as well, and I was like, "Jesus, I, it's it's come and gone." So, um, yeah, no, I'd, yeah, it was a bit a bit of a miss, bit too silly, um, for me to be honest.
0: So, at the end of that, um, what what do we rate this one? I'll go first. I'm gonna get a generous four out of ten.
1: Yeah, I'll say I second that four out of ten for me as well.
2: I think he's been very generous. So I was going to give it a three out of ten. So. <laughs> But maybe I'll just, for synergy purposes, we'll go four out of ten.
0: So at the end of that film, we trundled back to our cocoon, which was our hotel room, uh, and thought we'd uh, kind of chill out and get some rest, ready ready for the onslaught of the Friday at Fright Fest.
1: Yeah, and we got up bright and early to catch the first movie, which um, I, again, I was thinking, ah, Friday first movie hasn't been that good for us in the past. You, but this one, we're, we, we, this one's called Next Exit, uh, directed by uh, Marley, Manny Elfman, Danny Elfman's daughter, um, stars uh, two actors from the sort of um, Bly Manor, uh, Midnight Mass sort of realm. Um, this is basically a, a, a story about a, a road trip um, to a haphazard meeting um, with two people going to the same place. Um, rent the same uh, rent the same car and it's following their journey uh to the end whilst revealing their beginning i suppose at the same time i think that's a nice it was a nice trope um this is probably for me one of the highlights of the festival um didn't know what it was going in sort of a extended black mirror episode if you like um the the two main actors were just like spot on and their dynamic together um made for a really really enthralling watch for me um and i love them both and i love the dialogue and the connection that they were building together and i like their journey and i like the whole the way the movie and the tone the way it was set and all the different sort of things it explored i really did like this one um what about you uh matt
0: yeah I, i you know what like you i wasn't i didn't really know what to expect and and it, it and it's um, you know, it it really got me interested straight away from the get go. And there's a little cameo from Karen Gillen, isn't there as well, in this movie, which I thought was cool. But um, yeah, I just the that that acting was phenomenal, like captivating. Like the two main characters were just so believable, and there was so much heart. And do you know what really struck a chord with me um with with some of the dialogue it was very english to me um very very quirky kind of jokes um which i thought was brilliant i i so enjoyed this movie it took me through like so many different emotions and and the the kind of storyline throughout about you know is 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 this right or is it wrong is is this the right choice or isn't it the right choice and i think that's a, 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 a doubt, that was some really good Good, deep, meaningful matters for me.
1: Uh, Rose and Teddy were our uh, were our main our main our main characters.
0: Jordy Paul?
2: Yeah, so obviously the the centres around the, the the idea that ghosts are, have been proven to be real. And so therefore uh, we, no one's scared of the afterlife anymore. <laughs> and then people who don't want to live are sort of bumping themselves off and the kill homicides have gone up because obviously no one's really scared of dying anymore. Uh, or the premise, so yeah, it it was brilliant. The way they set, the set was. great concept, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the way and obviously they're going on a road trip through circumstance to uh, they end up bundled together to get to their essentially suicide appointment. And yeah, I just thought their relationship was great. I thought it was really really funny, um, but with like a real emotional good punch all the way through it. It sort of reminded you you weren't really. It sort of took you off into a like buddy comedy, but then brought you back down to earth through a few scenes in the film um dealt with a bit ptsd um you know like what happens if you can see ghosts through your life that are haunting you essentially um and yeah it was it was it was very 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 good and then it had like a i mean no spoilers but like a bit hallucinatory dream sequencey stuff in as well which sort of took it off into a bit more of a horror element um but yeah it was really good and i obviously is it marnie elfman who directed it yeah yeah. Yeah. She's Danny Elfman's daughter, so obviously um she'll have a bit of clout in Hollywood, but I, I can't wait to see what she does next because I think she she's obviously a real a real talent because it was again very, very beautifully shot.
0: Yeah. I think it's just just the way you just do take a massive journey with these two characters. is just it's so well done that you really, really care about them.
1: They really made you invested in their sort of history in terms of they were both like completely isolated in their their and their desire to go for this um assisted suicide the the company i suppose um and it's sort of like taking them through the journey and then building that relationship and whether they would still want to do that at the end of the journey it was really interesting to watch them sort of discuss their lives and learn about their lives in, in that way through that through that car journey it was really cool probably Chronicle, add but- probably had some third act issues i think i think overall but the first two um you know middle the middle and the start were more were better the way they sort of rounded it up not sure hit me as much but it was it was good really good how'd you round this up and how'd you rate this one then matt
0: um for me i think it's a solid eight for me um i I do i do agree slightly with uh a bit at the end the first, like the last bit um but throughout i was like I, I was captivated and i'd probably watch this again i don't know if I, i'd religiously watch it over and over again but i definitely would give it a watch again
2: yeah I, I second that i think it's uh it was really really well done i don't know i i was thinking more of a seven just because again I, I don't know if it's a bit of a theme for some of the films we did watch in um in fried fest there was a few bits where you, you pacing issues or a bit of the length of the film could have trimmed some of the fat out of it a bit but uh, yeah I'll probably give it a seven
1: eight for me, eight for me I, I really like one of the standout ones of the weekend definitely really enjoyed it
0: yeah it's a, it's a good movie, great movie
2: okay cool so uh, taking us on we we went out we, uh, had a bit of fresh air and probably bought a Greg's pasty well I know I'd bought a Greg's pasty or two um, and I came Sponsored back for the <laughs> There are other pasty shops available, but not in Leicester Square um, Yeah, so uh, the next film was uh, called The Harbinger
3: Ooh!
2: So this was uh, the COVID film to end all COVID films um, Basically, uh, it follows, uh, I can't remember her name which is really bad You uh, can follows a family basically uh, Who are protecting themselves during the height of the pandemic And they have an elderly father Who's obviously got health issues That they're trying to keep in a bubble And uh, she gets a phone call from her friend Who has been Plagued by Nightmares um, And is having trouble sleeping And when she does go to sleep She won't wake up for a few days Or she's having real vivid nightmares um and then it snowballs from there where there could be sinister forces out to get her
1: yeah monique Monique, played by gabby beans sort of like she
3: was
1: (laughs) yeah gabby is great name but she was phenomenal through this but yeah like it presented itself as like a supernatural uh movie with sort of almost like a babadook um character but we didn't get to see that that character enough for me um it sort of uh, relied too much on um, them telling the story rather than have, presenting that threat. Um, the threat always came through uh, a really psychedelic, sort of mushroom-induced dream sequence to me, which I kind of fucking hate, in 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 a sense. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 creature looked creepy. That's the thing. The creature was creepy, and when you saw it, I was kind of like impressed. But I just didn't see it enough for me to like really sort of get get it. And to be honest, I never the, I, the one thing about this for me, like, I, I never really I did make me think in terms of like what it would have been like to st- uh, to be in during COVID in a flat. It must have been a fucking nightmare just being cooped up in in that sort of area. You've got that like juxtaposition between her and her two brothers in the pod, a brother and her dad in a pod, and they're quite comfortable in a house together. And a and then a friend who's all sort of cooped up in a flat, like slowly going crazy, getting stalked by this thing that can like wipe you out um, from all existence, and um, and and maybe that was a way of like viewing viewing the pandemic. And I just don't didn't see it through that eyes. It did make me think, but it, just, it didn't it didn't um, translate as much to me, and I just needed for it to be more lifted into that sort of like psychological sort of almost almost malignant babadook sort of character i wanted to see it more of it i think
0: Mm, i think again what paul was saying earlier um i think this film had a few pacing issues as well there was there was times where i was just getting a little bit bored however it uh, things i did like about it, it it did portray kind of the pandemic quite well um but it's kind of one of those is like at the moment where I am, I'm like, I don't want to be fucking reminded of the pandemic. <laughs> if it's quite, if I'm quite honest and and I'm really worried about kind of pandemic movies of how they're going to stand up in the future. However, that said, um, the main actress was, was fantastic. Um, I like the premise of the story. It was quite interesting because like, you know, we're in a shit show of a time in a pan in, in the midst, in the middle of a pandemic. And there's this poor woman dealing with literally night terrors that, she can't even get away from for hours sometimes you know half a day nearly to a day um and i like the concept of it being interesting and i don't want to give out away any twists at the end but because people might want to watch it but yeah for me it did it, it, I, I agree with you like it needed that kind of kind of main character that was given her this it needed more of that kind of villain definitely
2: yeah, hundred percent. Like again, just dealing with isolation and you know that loss of it, and that sort of, you know, the the, the sort of creature or demon or whatever it was was represented as a, a plague doctor essentially, which was which was quite interesting. You know, obviously manifesting itself as a enjoying people's paranoia about the uh, pandemic, and then that whole like forgetting about you, and you've been a raised, Which people would argue that some people were erased because they didn't have any friends and family and sort of. Covid just took them essentially um, so yeah I get all that I just as I, like what Matt says it was a bit ah uh, you know we've all been through a, t- a shitty time we all remember the shitty time we all have done like isolation and all this type of stuff and obviously Paul's, Paul's going through right now um, but it was just I don't know maybe it was too present and it was too soon I don't know but yeah there was it, it didn't really hit a massive chord with me to be fair but it was, it was very stylishly shot and well acted so
1: yeah, if I was to break this, I'd probably go middle of the road. Probably five. Um, Wanting to push six if they were to sort of introduce that character more for me.
0: Five for me, I think that's fair.
2: Yeah, definitely five. Yeah, so
3: I'll really tell you see. what is
2: worth mentioning about though, the director did a little Q and A, and I was it was quite interesting that he actually basically did the whole film himself. He wrote it, he produced it, he directed, it, did the score for it as well, which I thought was quite uh, quite impressive.
0: Oh, maybe maybe we should give it a six just for that. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, if it's a five out of ten, that's a recommendation. That's 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 pretty much, yeah, you should maybe watch this. Yeah, I
1: and you're going to see this This one's going to pop up on Shudder, I believe. I think Yeah, definitely
2: think. worth a watch. Because to be honest, um, I've seen it. I know everyone from Fest posts on top fives and stuff. I've seen it on a lot of people's top fives. Yes, I highlight like, number two a lot and stuff. So it's definitely found... Uh, route with people it's just not with us i suppose
0: okay should we move on to the next movie then the one we've been waiting for so we went to uh i think it was in the discovery screen for this one wasn't it
1: yeah this is the smallest out of all the screens
0: so this is this is the smallest unfortunately i didn't get a ticket for this um but the two pools did (laughs) so i paid for this one because you know on the hype that we've given it (laughs) over the last i don't know month um but we went to see pussy cake which we've been waiting for also known as amesis in argentina um so it's an argentinian an argentinian film and uh, it was kind of cool cuz we saw it in the, the smallest kind of uh, um, uh, cinema so the sound was very very loud um but this one it centers around an all girl rock band i'm not going to say punk cuz they definitely weren't punk um, but they they're pretty hardcore they seem to be pretty you know like centered and quite close uh, with each other and they're at, at a gig and they've obviously done a few gigs that night and a few sign-ins for their fans they seem to be quite a big girl band and there is one more show that they need to go to in the middle of nowhere um so they decide to take that show and off they go and some crazy shit starts happening. When they turn up to the venue and no one is there um this is a, a bit of a gore fest I mean go guys go for it
1: yes I mean reminded me a little bit of psycho Gorman in the end in terms of what it actually was um, it was uh, sort of aliens versus parasites versus human sort of thing there was sort of like like a um, some sort of i don't know like entity multi-dimensional being. Very body uh,
0: snatchers in places,
1: yeah, definitely. And uh, they were quite zany characters, very colorful. Um, I probably expected maybe a little bit more humor, um, from it, like to kind of give it that sort of uh grindhouse sort of movie effect that I was expecting. Um, like we said, bef- like when we were there, like that spare parts movie that we saw a couple of years ago was fucking awesome. I kind of expected maybe a bit more on that, but nice it was a bit more bit more of a serious tone um it didn't cross completely into that psycho gorman um thing but the special effects were great um and the sort of protagonist was quite interesting the way it sort of um parasitically took over people's bodies was fucking cool um i definitely give this one a shout and i give this one a watch cuz it's stupid daft uh, and and fun and I, I i i did i thought some of the gore was fantastic Really did think that some of the goal just like really hit, hit the right notes for me,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So, you know, fundamentally, this is, I think, you guys. I know we bigged it up in the pod podcast, but I think you guys were more excited to see this than I was. Um, but yeah, everything Butch and Matt said, I, I, I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity, though. I think it could have been so much more on the same premise. Obviously, it deals with parallel dimensions and people opening wormholes in the other stuff without really going into much detail about it. It just happens and then these aliens have taken over this little beach town. Um uh, I I thought the mistrick with this film was that there wasn't enough of the band in it. I really thought that we were gonna get uh, like a girl sort of band banding together and really have like as a team effort and fighting them off and it, it split them up really quickly and you never really got a you never really got a sense of them. For the film was called Pussy Cake, I was expecting a lot more Pussy Cake in it. And it sort of just dispatched a couple of them quickly and didn't really sort of drive that. And then obviously chucks in like intergalactic bounty hunters and stuff. And it was a bit weird. Um, but special effects were great. There was a, a bit too much milky vomit for my liking. Um, but because uh, you could pretty much tell it was milk, guys, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was great. And like to I was,
1: yeah, right uh, No, again. I disagree, I disagree. I don't think it's it more of like a, a, a sort of spunk solution.
2: Well, that says more about you than me, Potter. To be honest.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah. yeah,
2: so it it, and I think towards the end it got really brutal and really violent. Um, but yeah, a, a bit of a missed opportunity, but enjoyable enough. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I I just don't think they were kick ass enough. Um, you know, towards the end there is a great end sequence, um, that is gory as fuck, and it was quite interesting the way that the parasites entered the body, like we were just talking about. It was very uh gooey um but it it, yeah the effects were awesome i thought it was really really good but it just i I think it could have, like you said it could have executed some other bits like more more of the band kicking ass together sort of thing but you know i i have fun it was fun that the the cinema was packed it was sold out um and the the soundtrack was pretty cool to be fair as well
1: costumes are really cool as well it's definitely worth talking about costuming was uh, like spot on
0: just not punk enough. Sure. I'm going to rate this bad boy first. So I'm going to give this a... I think I'm going to give it a... 7? Seven, 7 out of 10, which is quite high. I probably would... Yeah, 7. Because of the effects. It tipped it over to a 7.
1: No, I think seven's fair. 7 is, is what I was sort of aiming towards. It was pushing an 8. But yeah, 7 out of 10 for me, defo. This one's queered. Go and see this fucking wine.
2: <laughs> I'm going to give it a 6. Sorry, lads, but I just, (laughs) but because I just, I don't know, I just thought it could have been like it could have been a nine or a ten with a bit more work to it, um. But yeah, so six, very Mm, good effects, very enjoyable. If you love that type of stuff, it's right up your street. You will love it. So
0: that's the thing. I think I went in with major high, high uh, intentions of it being amazing, but it was good.
1: Cool. And now we move on to the most controversial movie of the weekend: Eating Miss Campbell um it's been a very uh very marmite divisive sort of movie i've seen some right old uh comments and uh, stuff about this one but it's a trauma movie it's sponsored by trauma so what do you expect people this is movie of the festival for me um you know h- highlight at the fucking center of this you have Lindsay crane from uh book of monsters um displaying a sort of vegan goth high school student um who falls in love with a teacher and is sort of just trying to commit suicide and, and you have this sort of stupid um, story of um, like high school shootings running through it, cannibalism, um, every sort of horrible thing that's happened in the last like 20 years is up for nothing's, nothing's um, hidden away in this movie um, from like, you know, having to go up to the Baldwin princess Diana gets a shout 9-11, uh, I mean there is there is nothing is safe in like culture today to be able to get a slight dig or a slight um, curse and it, it's it's from uh, the director that we sort of bumped into uh, Liam uh, Reagan who's a really nice chap, I think this is his second movie um, This also was at Fright Fest called Banjo um, it's clearly a labour of love because he fucking and right, you know, he's, is, you know, he was very tearful and very, you know, thankful for this movie to get out there. I believe, Um and on the, you can see it all through the social media and stuff. Uh, eating Miss Campbell, if you're a fan of this thing, you're you'll love to hate it or hate to love it. I don't know, That's what I think.
0: We we retreated to this one because this was the first one we went to Prince Charles for, um, and that's where we saw Book of Monsters, funnily enough. And um, yeah, I think you know it was interesting obviously i think it took him six years to make this movie is that right he said when it came out Six years. and obviously all the cast and crew and stuff were in the crowd and on stage with him and and um yeah that was nice to see that obviously so much emotion around the film um but i enjoyed this movie and i mean i'm gonna say it out there now you know as soon as I, i didn't know this was a trauma movie till i sat down and you know it's a trauma movie you know don't you know, this is going to fucking offend people. And maybe people don't know what Trome is about and stuff like that. But, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I thought it was a great laugh and it was great to see um, some of the scenes in there, some really good blood and gore and some great little one-liners and and funny stuff. Lindsay Crane was awesome. I thought she was great. Can't wait to see what she does next. But yeah, I had a great old time watching this.
1: I think this was Indiegogo uh, funded as well so like um i think a load of people got some good good merch you know like book of monsters he's gone heavy with the merch as well he's got his own website mm-hmm. which is great to see yeah <laughs> Ooh,
2: what did you right, think? So, let's put let's set the scene here right so when we were picking and i said i'll leave this up to you guys and paul butcher went i really fancy him going to see this eating miss campbell uh we sat down because me and butch were lucky enough to sit next to each other for this one and i sat down and The words came out of Butcher's mouth of, oh, look, it's a trauma film. As if he didn't fucking know it was a trauma film, right? Because he knew what I was about to do and go, oh, fuck off. Well, yeah, because my first ever appearance on this podcast was a trauma film called Class of Mugum High. Amazing movie. Yeah, well, and I hated it. And uh, (laughs) we've done things like street trash and things like that. And it's definitely not in my wheelhouse. So I was a bit like, shit, expecting it to, and obviously, as soon as it starts, it's very trauma straight away. So I was a bit like, oh, here we go. But, and it's a big but here, is that I actually, it's not my thing, guys. And you know it's not my type of thing, right? But it was well made. It was well shot. And I laughed a lot. I did. It kept me entertained. I was laughing. I was quite amused at Paul's face because he his smile never left his face for the entire runtime of the film, <laughs> which was great. Um, wasn't bored. Wasn't bored never thought it outstayed its welcome and it was well done like I said and i'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and go it was my favorite film of all time because it's it's definitely not but I appreciate like and obviously the guy stood there like in tears at this labor of love and the casting crew around him you know let's not try to be too negative if it ain't you if you think fair enough but just appreciate the fact that he's made this film so yeah I actually enjoyed it not not my favorite film of the festival but Definitely worth a watch. And like Matt says, uh, I thought Lindsay Crane was unreal. She was, she really carried the film through. A really good performance. So yeah, no. And some really <laughs> fucked up bits. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> some really, really fucked up bits.
0: Okay, Paul. Well, um, since you liked it the most, do you want to write this first? So yeah, yeah. The,
1: for me, fantastic. Right on my street. This is what I came to see at the festival. It's trauma. It's blood, it's gore, it's over the top. That's what I want. For me, Fright fest you know, this is a delivered a 10, 10 for me.
2: there <laughs> Well, wow. I'll go next. I'll go next. And to be <laughs> fair, I admire the filmmaking. I admire the balls-to-the-wall approach. I might, like, chuck everything at the screen, see what sticks. And, like I said, it made me laugh. So, on that basis, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, which, going into it, I it was never getting more than a four or a five, but I, I, you know, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. So, yeah, seven out
0: of 10. Yeah, for me, I, I was like, I was like really captivated with this one all the way through. I thought, so there's some really funny jokes in there. It was, it, it's nice to see a film that doesn't give a fuck in these times, and they are far and few between. So, on that basis alone, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 for me. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, just because I had some balls. And it's like real fucking punk, and uh, like the way it's made and stuff. And I just think that's that's sorely missed at the moment, where people aren't making films that really do test people and stuff like that, and and divisive. You know, it's, it's it, it you know looking online as divided people, and yeah. But I yeah, I, there's
1: I, definitely I, a couple of others that uh, sort of pushed it mm-hmm. um out the festival. And If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Fright Fest. It's going to find those movies
2: yeah and I think to be honest give this guy give this guy a chance who makes this film Uh, you know Liam give him a chance give him some money and see what he can do because absolutely he he knows how to shoot a film because it was the quality of it was really good
0: so that capped off that day Um, we went for a few beers didn't we had a little bit of fun we did down the old uh, Imperial
1: late night and we did manage to still get up for the first movie on the Saturday we were never going to miss this one were we were we Geordie Paul go on bring it we're definitely
2: not going to miss this one so this was uh potential friends of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) uh Benson and Moorhead's latest offering which is something in the dirt so centers around uh two men who are well two neighbors um one moves in and meets his neighbour basically and uh, they form a friendship and they are hanging out and find some strange goings-on in the flat. Some big shiny crystals starts taking off in the room and uh, what follows is their sort of investigation into that phenomenon. Um, and obviously they're, they're realising that they, if they can make a documentary about it and get to the bottom of it, then they'll make a load of money, um, and that's how it starts. But it soon sort of unravel, unravels their sort of relationship and their sort of obsession with this thing grows and grows and grows, takes them into a lot of cults of Los Angeles and how the city was built up and all the secret societies and all that type of stuff. Um, but, yeah, starring Benson and Mohead as well, which I didn't, I didn't expect. I didn't know that. Um, and they were... Uh, Backhand the here? Surprisingly, I was really surprised because they were fantastic in it. They were great act they are great actors as well as fantastic directors. So, yeah, guys, what did you
0: think? Um, do you mind if I go first? I mean, no, obviously we are massive fans of these guys on the pod. Um so it might be yeah,
1: a and endless right. was our like third episode, I think that we yeah, did.
0: yeah, yeah. so we are we are big fans, you know right from the start, we've been fans. like, however, this, for me, like literally, I was fucking absolutely in this movie. I was following them, listening to them. I don't know how the fuck they come up with these storylines out of their heads, written and directed by them, right? How do they even start doing this this storyline It's so complex and so detailed. and I mean, it's obvious they love their kind of sci-fi kind of time travely kind of stuff. However, I just don't even know. I, I should have asked the question, how the bloody, how did you do it? I mean, somebody asked the question, like, what do you, you know, how do you kind of plan out these kind of films? And they were saying they do it on like a, um, uh, uh, like a big board and they put all these ideas and then they bring it all together. I'm like, but I, I just absolutely loved it. The relationship between the two characters was just felt so real. And there was little twists and turns about their kind of backgrounds and stuff and the way they just split to the kind of explaining of um kind of all the different little culty things in there and science kind of based things and time travel based things I just thought it was superb absolutely superb
1: it was almost like a found footage movie um where or like a documentary gone wrong and it had you know because it had a few talking heads in it as well something had gone wrong and we obviously uh, try we don't know what until the fucking right at the end and we will spoil this one i think um because i've got to talk about it but like they're almost like science this feels like they are like science teachers or they've done a science degree in the sort of the the way that it's interesting to sort of like the the geometrics of it all um the multi-dimensional stuff that they've done in the past and this one as well the gravity and it's just sort of a del- a dive into sort of the oddities with a little bit of science like but real science maybe fictional science as well but it's sort of just like it pushes that boundary of like that so they've got to have this like real interest in it and like a real foundation and understanding or like re- their research is just even that or is their research is just phenomenal um but it was just so interesting It's the two of them like trying to capture something weird and then diving into and then slowly unfolding it and it was almost like Blair Witch but trying to re- recapture these this documentary in their in, their, um, in Levi's living room it was just uh, yeah gutsy and obviously this was the one that they filmed during uh, lockdown and it's nice to see you know when we were talking about the Harbinger earlier but it's nice to see a movie that's filmed during lockdown but have fucking no mention of it you know, no. this was just a movie that they put together.
0: Not to mention three of them made it.
1: Yeah, really? it was like, those two were the actors, writers, directors, as well as the producer who was pretty much Do it. They taught him how to um, use the camera. And it was like, um, I don't know if they were lying about the budget, but somebody made a comment uh, later on saying it was really low budget. And they were like, actually, it cost about 45 million. And I was like, mm, okay, I don't know if it felt like a 45 million pound movie, but it was just like... It was very clever the way they had to play around and they had probably had to send out all the um, edits and get them edited and get all the stuff taken out. You know, they said they had to, like, hold sofas up and then remove themselves. The the sort of way that it played with the the gravity was just so fucking interesting. And it's nice to see that they, like the Soska sisters a couple of years ago, these boys were around for the whole fucking festival, which was fucking great.
0: I mean, talking about budget, I can imagine they had to pay a lot of money for kind of the video snippets they had in there, because the the rights to use those videos, I would imagine. um not to mention as well, this film was fucking hilarious in places. I've been chuckling a lot throughout.
2: Yeah, definitely. And do you know what? one of the highlights of the whole weekend for me was just having a chat with him because I know it's easy for us to say, but they were just really down to worth nice guys. I think, you know, because they are like Charlie Big Bananas now, we're doing stuff for Marvel and things like that, you know, they could just be like Pfft, I'm not talking to you lot, but they were just really accessible, re- really nice Um, and yeah, just just great Um, and a, a very nice polished little indie film uh, yeah. about two, two big, big directors who, let's face it guys are just going to keep pumping out films and if they keep pumping them out, the quality they are, they're going to, you know, be around
0: for a while Well, apparently they've got a couple of bits coming up, but on talking to them, I was just like, I just wanted to shake their hands and go, "Fucking, you're doing a great job. Keep going," because pretty much everything they've made so far, I've loved. You know, I said to I said to them both, "I said, you know, Spring. I absolutely loved Spring. The first time I saw it. Um, keep making these movies." Okay, so Butch, do you want to rate this one?
1: Yeah, this is a nine for me. Really fucking enjoyed this one. Uh, One of my favourites for the whole festival. From a really fucking good festival, this is just up there, um and like Paul said, the boy the boys were fucking just absolute gents, and they were there for everyone. I've seen loads of photos, um and people have done interviews and stuff, so yeah, thanks for coming to the festival and hanging out.
2: yeah, I agree, butch nine from me uh and uh obviously big thanks for being so accommodating and uh, nice, really. Top jets and a great film.
0: Yeah, nine from me, solid nine. Um, hopefully one day we may get them on that on, on the podcast. You never know. You never never know. So, on to the next film. This one was called She Came from the Woods. And in my opinion, she should have stayed in the fucking woods. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> she came in the woods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this one is a kind of like let's say a kind of ghosty killery story. Um it's got a few people quite big a few big names actually. It's got Kara um Buono from the Mum in Stranger Things. Is it Will's mum from Stranger Mike's Things? Who's sorry? Mike's mum. Mike's mum, Mike's mum, yep, yeah, she's in it. Um literally, I couldn't believe this. I didn't even know this, but William Sadler was in it. I didn't yeah. know. You the granddad.
1: Yeah, yeah the granddad.
0: didn't know that. I didn't even know that. I even Had sleep at that time? <laughs> Maybe. I did nod off a couple of times. So, this centers around a family that own a, what do they call them in the States? Camp? Like a, a getaway camp. camp, school? Summer camp, that's it, summer camp. So, um, they own a summer camp. All the kids are coming to the end of going home. The centres around these camp people that live there and the family and there's some strange shit going on in the woods and start stuff starts happening like yeah um yeah go i've not got much to say on this to be quite honest um yeah i didn't enjoy
1: it the concept was pretty good it's like a campfire movie that could have been centered around sort of like is this going to be a slasher no it's going to be a ghost around you know old legends of the campfire but it wasn't it was created by the family and themselves um it just lost its way a little bit the kills were uh, not really that entertaining the sort of uh, main um antagonist was fucking lame and boring you kind of saw it too much um uh, the, the mvp of this whole movie is the cop that turns up in the last fucking five minutes He was like the had the funniest dialogue in the whole fucking thing and the best delivery the rest of them just didn't really like any of the characters. I didn't really care. They could have all fucking died and choked on their own blood for I give a shit. That was just like sort of general consensus for me.
0: Lots of people love this movie as well. Again, I saw online a lot of people uh, giving it a lot of love. And I mean, some of the special effects were OK. Uh, but, you know, the one thing I will say, and it's going to be a spoiler, but. I don't really care. Um, There was a there's a pretty girl in it and you think, ah, there we go. Final girl. But she got off the right at the start, which I thought that's a bold move. But then after that, I was not invested. I actually did think I fell asleep a couple of times because it had massive pacing issues just too long. There were some camera shots that were just lingering on people's faces for a good like minute. Um, And yeah, I just I'm sorry, but it's not my sort of thing
2: my uh my review is <laughs> basically oh, i just missed opportunity really it just from start to finish bored the hell out of us if i'm honest there was a couple of little funny bits where the kids go the kids sort of get possessed by the ghost of the the nurse and then there's a little creepy bit where they disappear out of a bus which i thought was quite well done but then i thought there'd be little demon children they were bad guys but they, they had no makeup or they were just kids running around screaming. I would say this though. <coughs> there's a bit, spoilers, so sorry, but there's a bit where a kid gets hoofed with a baseball bat and it's actually quite funny. Um so it got a bit of a point with that, but oh my god, it's a crime to waste William Saddler like this. But then not too much sympathy because he did produce the damn thing as well. So oh I love William Sadler, but he was just it was just a bit pinned by numbers. Like Paul said, the best bit was actually the policeman right at the end. There's a bit in the middle with another policeman who just disappears with a pizza delivery boy, <laughs> never to be seen again. Um, oh, I was that
0: "What happened?" Yeah. So I literally think I fell asleep at that part.
2: Oh my god! It just he just disappeared with this kid, and I was it wasn't explained anyway. But yeah, but then in the last five minutes, the tone of the film changed. It went from sort of straight-laced horror to comedy spoof um that was yeah i i just didn't get it it didn't resonate with me at all so yeah bit of a dud
0: i'm gonna start this one off probably for me i'll give it a three out of ten
1: yeah and this is one of my least favorites three out of ten for me this isn't going to be the this isn't going to be the lowest rated one actually i've got one that's less than this <laughs>
0: right. Paul, what were you rating it sorry what did you uh, say? 3
2: out of 10 sorry I yeah, completely agree with you okay. guys like I said and it I gets think... 3 points for the hoof and the kid with the baseball bat
0: and this is definitely going to be available ahead. so yeah
2: cool so the next one so we had a little bit of a treat for this one because uh the legend the master the horror icon that is Mr. Dario Argento came out to introduce his latest film. Um, I was going to try and say it in Italian, but I'm not. Uh, and it, this one is Dark Gla- Glasses, or Glasses, if you from where I'm from. So, Dark Glasses like. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is the new Dario General film. It um, centres around a, a prostitute, <laughs> surprisingly. Dario know. <laughs> so yeah centres centers around uh, a prostitute who um, after a, a client falls victim to well a serial killer and uh, she manages to sort of get away In in turn has an accident and she then becomes blind hence the title Dark Glasses um, she then befriends a little Chinese boy uh, and together they try and as they're forging a new life, the little Chinese boy's parents were murdered, uh, killed in the accident they have, and then uh, as they bond together, the serial killer c- comes back to exact his killings. So yeah, lads, what do you think about this
0: one? I mean, like when you first hear the premise of this, I just think, "What?" I was like, "This sounds fucking crazy." <laughs> what what the hell? But I, I really enjoyed it. I was like, I mean. You know, from previous pods, if you're a listener that listens all the time, you you might know that we are not the biggest fans of that kind of genre. Um, But I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was a beautiful film. I thought it was blue. Obviously, it's Dario Geno. The soundtrack was fucking absolutely insane. Um, Yeah, I loved it. Butch, I'll let you uh, go in on this one. Go for it.
1: I mean, from the uh, first initial uh, garrotting in the bushes with uh, uh, a cello strings, I think we're proper going into uh, classic seventies um, Argento territory. But obviously, this is set in the now because this is this is a movie that he's had on his shelf for years and just never got around to do it. I mean, his daughter's in this; who plays uh, Rita, um, uh, Elena. Pastorelli is uh is Diana and I just absolutely fell in love with her. She was
0: um I bet you did.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Well wow, she was stunning to start anyway. But it just it was such it was so beautifully shot. And i, I just kind of when you, you got that Argento sort of film on it, um it it was just beautiful and the story was so like captivating. I loved her journey from like this really sort of vet and she is a very beautiful, sexy um lady of the lady of the night is a very higher class sort of um uh clientele um she when she loses her sight she grasps onto um uh, rita and she just really sort of gets used to it. she gets the dog she gets the stick she's you know she's trying to make um a, a means for for the crash even though it wasn't her fault and she was being stalked uh by this um by this killer um she she sort of inadvertently illegally kind of adopts the this this Chinese the Chinese boy from the accident who you know her car went over the fucking top of the and killed killed her per- killed his parents essentially um, and it's it's such a a cool cat and mouse movie of the serial killer sort of coming after them and and um, stalking them and it gives it such an interesting dynamic with her being. Uh, you know losing her sight and not being able to see and using um, the uh, chin his name is as a a sort of guide and you know when they lose each other at some parts as well it's just so dark and twisted Um, there's some really creepy scenes in it as well especially with the water snakes um, at one stage that is just something something to look out for and you will see this movie be on uh, on shutter very very soon so it's definitely one to go and check out it was um, a really really beautifully shot movie uh with the music b- being incredible spot on i absolutely loved it i thought everything was about this was fantastic
2: i feel right that i need a frame a reference frame of reference for this because
1: i have i haven't
2: seen any diary or gentle films
1: Suspiria. go and watch the
2: yeah so but the feeling I think I'm going to have and I might be pleasantly surprised is that when I watch the rest of his films this one's going to be a bit safe and a bit blander than the rest. Now I could be completely wrong so apologies but I don't disagree with what you are saying Paul but I just thought I, I don't know, I thought it was going to be more I thought it was going to be more gory, a bit more intense. Now don't get me wrong the water snakes bit was crackers it was really sort of creepy and I felt like they were on me. It was that was the way it was shot. It was it, it did, definitely made me squirm in my seat a bit. But yeah, I, it it was a it was a good film for me, but not a, a, a mind-blowing film for me, I suppose that's what I'm trying to say.
1: I mean I think with Argento for movies so it's just the way that they're shot. He's a bit different than Fucci, who's the sort of guy that we sort of generally don't he's the one that he's obsessed with eyes. But like Agento's just got this real sort of classical Italian tone um and he tells jalo, a,
0: darling jalo.
1: yeah it jalo. just tells a fascinating story and occasionally you know some things will happen um like these rant these kills but there's just a really classic color tone and and, and sort of style and look that is synonymous synonymous with him
0: it was a treat to see him there though very happy yeah, like, yeah something very thankful
2: 100% Seeing and we were six foot away or ten foot away or whatever we were from Dario Argento. um it's a bit of a shame he didn't hang around afterwards just to say hello or something. But eighty-one
1: yeah. he is, so yeah. I, know.
2: I know he's gone. He's probably going home for a cup of tea and a lie down. I know, but uh, yeah. But he did announce that he's going to make. He's still making films. This isn't it. He is going to remake a nineteen forties Mexican film, but he's going to set it in France So whatever that is. Mm-hmm. If he's you no, know, please get in touch with us. Well,
1: he's but, he's um... just won a load of awards or something for like his um, role in uh, Vortex. I think a Gaspar no movie, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: He's a busy boy. Yeah. Fair play. Gonna so, Jordy Paul, you go first. What are you gonna rate?
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna it wasn't a bad film. I'm not trying to poo-poo it, but I just it didn't blow my mind. So I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten.
0: Yeah, I think I, I will give it a seven out of ten as well. Um but, it, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it.
1: For me it was an eight. It was just it was it was very beautifully shot, and I just loved it those those character developments and the way that they sort of the light and the music and the tone i I really really got on with this one eight for me
0: good fun okay so after that one we went into the foyer and um i don't know i think geordie paul you ran off to get some hay fever tablets or something maybe i don't know but um (laughs) me and butch were stood in the foyer and like we had a little conversation and i was just like we were like you know uh, do you know what i really want i really want a nasty film. Like, something really nasty that, that, that you know... Because there always is not Fright Fest. There's always a really nasty, depraved kind of naughty film that you, you should... Dirty,
2: dirty do. bastards.
0: The dirty bastards. So we were like, yeah, we really want one like that. So we went back in and we watched Candyland. Uh, this one's directed by John Swab. I've not seen... He's not got loads and lo- loads of other movies under his belt. Not horror, anyway. Um And this one stars... And very old-looking William Baldwin. I was surprised. He's looking really old, lately. Um, And this one is set on a kind of Route 66 truck stop um, where, I don't know about this, but obviously there is um, prostitutes at truck stops that obviously work on, on the truck stops. And this centers around a group of prostitutes, men and women, that service truck people. And then suddenly uh, some sort of religious cult turn up and shit starts to go down. So uh, it centers around one of the characters from the religious cult that decides that she wants to go off on her own and do some good for her cult or what she believes in. Um, It's a, a, a real dirty kind of slasher, kind of grimy little film. I fucking love this film. Over to you.
1: I mean, from the fucking sixty foot poster, uh, the poster for this is just—it's everything you need to know. This is a fucking like a proper grindhouse sort of movie, um, where you know there's, there's a, there is a family of um, they they do create this whole kind of family at the at the truck stop. They are like very their relationship is so interesting. I mean, in the first five minutes of the movie, you get a flashing. Um, a flashing pussy in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, which That's must have been biggest, biggest pussy
0: I've ever seen in my life
1: on, on the screen. <laughs> so it's like you know, we get we wanted. Dirt, we got dirt. It's, you know, Remy, the sort of like um, this character who gets introduced later on um, from the cult, um, essentially, uh, wants to join their family and like she's running you know under the ruse that she's run away. Um, some murders start happening at at the truck stop inadvertently, and we watch that unfold, and we, we we learn who's doing these murders. And the way... We- I mean, some of the fucking kills in this are, right, disgusting. And what you'd expect from a Grindhouse movie. The use of uh, weaponry is is very, very, very amusing. Um, but there is, uh, there is some... Like, two really outstanding scenes in this. One is around the fucking gumming. Uh, oh, my God, her first... Her first time, um, you know, is with this fucking really, really grimy priest. Really horrible. But he's like, he's just basically wants to, you know, give her a gum in, takes out his teeth um, and then goes between her legs and the rest. Wow. And then we get to learn what her um, her motives are after that. Um, I'm ta- there's a scene. There's a scene with her having intercourse which is very reminiscent of sort of like a girl was it called um garn girl that's all i say it's just and it's the blood in it is just phenomenal
0: basic instinct style
1: yeah i mean but, but a lot not dirtier she does not hold back there's some fucking harrowing stuff in this as well like there there is like some hard to watch scenes in this uh, um you know there you know uh, we deal with um you know uh, rape and murder and and suicide and all sorts of stuff we win this movie across so many different sort of areas of like um yeah it, it, it was a fucking good watch man like as well as being disturbing it was a fucking really downright dirty movie Paul? <laughs> yeah
2: i gripped gripped you from start to finish you know really sort of, yeah, literally like you, you couldn't take your eyes off the screen um and for a long period I didn't have a clue where it was going and i thought it just it kept you guessing um or like even even when you sort of find out the motives it still kept you guessing and i thought it was a lovely little twist at the end i i, I just thought it was really good um Bleak. yeah just dirty but but di- but you said dirty and grindy in, in people's minds I don't know if that things like low production value or anything like that but it was really polished at the same time it was really really good really well acted um, some great performances in there um, William Baldwin has aged terribly but plays That's a fantastic. great creepy sheriff
0: yeah yeah it's fantastic um, but yeah
2: loved it thought it was great thought it was really really good and I tell you what, I won't be tapping my feet when I'm having a shit in a truck stop uh, toilet. <laughs> 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 That's a life lesson learned.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, there's um, some interesting relationships that form within this movie and some interesting, almost semi-irreversible sort of style moments in this. It's fucking clever, man. And, like, it's one to be, you can spoil it as much, I could talk about it as much as you, as my like, but to see it is to believe it.
0: I really hope this gets uh, gets out there.
2: Definitely, and it's like quite a nice little companion
0: piece to X, isn't it? Yeah, it could it, could be, but I think it's like, like it, if you enjoyed X's X, dirty step I'd say X's yeah. dirty little secret stepbrother or something like that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's a nine out of ten for this for me, hands down.
1: I agree, 9 out of 10 all the way, mate, yep. Yeah, I second that for that. 9 out of 10 for me too. Cracking movie. Good to watch. Good Saturday night movie. Get your popcorn out, Job. Put your teeth away and get on with
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard, uh, like, literally, that was the moment that I heard the the whole cinema, like, oh, God.
2: Me and Paul, the night before, had a conversation, didn't we? And I said, I'm still waiting for my, like, what the fuck moment of any film. Like literally turn around and go, Jesus. And it was that one. <laughs> I said to Paul, and I was like, there it is. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely needs to be seen.
1: That was our penultimate movie. And we almost missed this one. We were almost going to go straight out, I think, and uh, and miss this one. But I'm so glad we didn't. Because oh. uh, de- we've seen a couple. So we basically go and watch a movie called Deadstream. And um, which is our final movie on on the Saturday night. Um, it follows that sort of uh, horror new horror trope, if you like, that is like um, that is spree and dash cam. It's a streaming horror movie, you know, POV cam, uh, the one that Paul hated early in the year. Um, this follows um, Joseph Winter as Sean Ruddy, who's the fucking worst guy in the world. Uh, he's coming back off, off the back of something that's wrong and he's going to a haunted house basically to cause as much trouble as he can. Um, whether it's picking up a Ouija board, doing seances, going into different rooms, but he has so many different cameras that he positions everywhere and he locks himself into there he can't get out. This fucking movie had everyone in the cinema in stitches. It is so funny and very creepy at the same time. I had goosebumps at certain stages. It's, sub- it's that Blair Witch effect that has the sort of those shaky cam uh with ghosts and any even if it's like told in a way that's kind of satirical it still fucking creeps me out this it, it ticks this ticked a lot of boxes for being creepy weird funny um at, all at the same time very clever clever movie this one and i know you two boys absolutely love this so um jordy paul what do you, what oh,
2: oh my god this was I mean, like, it's been well-documented, like you said, Paul. Uh, like, even Spree. I watched Spree. I wasn't doing the pod at that time, but uh, it, Spree did my head in. The, the, the protagonist did my head in. And Dashcam did my head in. And this, though, honestly, the guy was just hilarious from start to finish. And it just, I, it, like you said, Paul, it was so clever because you were wetting yourself laughing. It was genuinely funny, like, ha-ha and i laughing. Um, but kept you on your edge of your seat, knowing that there's some shit around the corner. There's definitely some shit around the corner. And no matter how hard you were laughing, you were still scared. You were still preempting the tension. And it, I just thought it was really, really, really clever. And then obviously when the shit does it, the fan, it was still funny, but it was still scary. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was genius. Considering there was two people made this film. I was absolutely uh, blown away, absolutely blown away by this one. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
0: Matt? <laughs> yeah, basically, um, I just thought he portrayed a YouTuber so well. Like I, I have to deal with that on a daily basis, hearing those fucking shouty bastards from my <laughs> TV screen. Um, I thought he nailed that kind of you know, disgraced YouTube style really well. But this film, yeah, you're right. It's, it's just so funny and, and really scary. But it was, just like, it was just like, it's really evil dead bits as well. And that's what really struck it for me. And that's why it's like movie of the festival for me. Probably, I think I'd put it down as my number one movie. Just because I just had such a fun time watching it. It was just like the special effects were awesome. It was really guerrilla filming. It's just, it was funny. It was scary. It was just brilliant i can't wait to watch this again
1: some good stunts in this as well i mean mm-hmm. fuck me there's one of the most surprising like scenes of the whole movie is when is his fucking escape from the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> his little legs his little legs as he sort of like <laughs> jumps out the window <laughs> and this fight with like the ghost mildred and stuff like that those sorts of moments it's like uh, you can see the ghost in the camera, but you can't see it in front of him. And he knows it's there, and it, the way he creeps round. Again, it's it's sort of like you, you want to laugh, but they were, I was. It was generally like, oh fucking hell, this is so creepy. Mm-hmm. Totally weird babies as well. Blew.
2: Yeah, weird babies. Chris, uh, I'm obviously not spoiler, but the crotch shot was just perfect. Like uh, honestly honestly, anyone, I I applaud everybody who listens to the podcast, it's coming on the Shudder soon I think watch it because I'll definitely be watching it again, it's so so good and I love the use of like the comments, so obviously you know in Dashcam we talked a lot about the comments on the side and to honest, I didn't really read much of them but the comments section I thought it was done really, really well because he obviously kept referring to them. He was live streaming, so it was like live comments and he was just continuously sort of referring to them. But it was hilarious. It was so good. It was so good. Brilliant.
0: Excellent. Well, obviously, I'm going to give that a 10 out of 10 for me.
2: It was a 10 out of 10 for me every day. It's something that I would buy. If it it becomes physical, I'm definitely having it. But uh, I'm glad I've got Shudder to watch it when it comes out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's up there for me. I'm going to give it a 9, though, not a 10. Um it's still exactly, it's, because you had
0: a little snooze.
1: I I, I did and it you
0: know. You it was it. the last film to be fair and it was fucking late.
2: It was late. But I just thought it was a great little um palate cleanser after the dirtiness of Candyland. <laughs> it's not yeah. perfect a perfect if you're gonna stick around, you know. Do you do you leave with the, the dirty dirtiness on you? I just sort of washed all that away essentially. Yeah. Um, but it was Sorry. yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And do you know what the good thing is before we move on. He and his missus, I think they're married, are doing a segment on the new VHS film.
0: Oh, awesome! Which,
2: which sort of just makes that. I mean, obviously you're excited to watch it anyway, but just completely uh, revs it up for me. So yeah, definitely go and watch it.
0: It's great. Excellent, excellent. So we went home to our beds, had a little sleep, and then we went on to Sunday.
2: So. Sunday morning. <laughs> I did a little bit of a protest thing. <laughs> so basically, um Matt and Paul found this to be a bit uh, too much wanky for them. So they went and started went went to watch something else to me. And I was definitely wanting to watch it because I saw the trailer and I thought it looked really good. And guess what, motherfuckers? It was really good. So on uh, Sunday morning, Sorry. I
1: I still don't believe you.
2: Well, <laughs> that's fine. It was corroborated by an independent witness as well, so you can go F yourselves. Um Right, so anyway, so yeah, so I toddled off by myself to the main screen, and I went to see a French
1: film called mastamar It sounds wank. The title <laughs> sounds wank.
0: So. Well, well, you didn't see it, did you, Paul? You didn't see, see it, so
1: it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, so basically, it's a French film directed by Didier de duan Do, du, Uh He did a and a Q&A before the start of it, and didn't really speak much English, so it was a bit painful the interview, to be honest. Uh, but... One thing he did say, it was like, it is very French, the film, so yeah, it is quite French arty, so yeah, probably says wanky, but I enjoyed it. So basically, uh, it just follows um, a, a psychiatrist called Louise, who basically has does hypnotherapy and counselling, and uh, during a hypnotherapy session, or training hypnotherapy session, she uh there's something bad happens i'm not going to spoil it because she's definitely going to watch it because i want to make his um something bad happens and um, which she then relocates causes her to relocate to the french countryside to start her own little practice up and there she encounters a my- dark and mysterious man called theo who basically is having real trouble sleeping and has been haunted by dreams and they're becoming more real as he's he's been really disturbed um it sort of goes down the religious sort of line where she's a bit sceptical about it. Um, he needs hypnotherapy. He's heard she does it and she's a bit reticent to do it. And, uh, yes, he then goes into dreams and starts spouting things in Latin and you know, doing that, like, possessed voice thing uh, that is so popular. Um, and, yeah, that sort of unravels from there. There's a there's a quite a little nice little twist in it, um, which I'm not going to explain because it's spoilers. But yeah, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really really good, really well shot, really well acted. Uh, not too boring, not too slow, very good. So sounds,
1: I'm like it... they... sounds like one of those movies I just walk out of.
2: Yeah, well you know. Wow! <laughs> wow, Paul! Wow! We didn't leave my little film alone. I'll champion it. Well, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten.
0: An eight out of ten ten
2: for Mastomar. And Mastomar basically, if you don't know, means the devil. It's an old word for the devil.
0: Thank you for that, Paul. That's very interesting. Cheers. Well (laughs) Thanks for
2: pretending to be interested, guys.
0: Me me and Butch decided that we wanted to go and check out the short films showcase two at the Prince Charles while Paul was uh, deep in his French horror movie. So we went along, and we just thought we'd uh, check some out because we we know there's always going to be some good, and uh, this was a good one this year. Um, most of them were British, well, n- nearly all of them were British, but I'll just run down them quick. And um, Paul, you can uh, put in your your uh, kind of thoughts on each one. But we kicked off with an international premiere of Everyone Forgot. Um, I was contacted by uh, Anwen Ball, one of the stars of this one. Um, She asked if we'd check it out. Um, And so we did. And we went and saw it. And um, this was good. Um, It sent around a woman who obviously it was her birthday, her 40th birthday. And everyone forgot.
1: But there's a reason why everyone's forgot. (laughs) And that little twist in the, uh, it made it for a very sort of like, I don't know, peep show, office based humour sort of thing uh very I, funny. I, this was a big tick for me this one
0: yeah it's awesome i mean it's, it's it's an 18 minute short um it was funny we don't want to give away all the twists or anything like that but you need to go and check this out if it's uh, available out there because it's a great little short and uh, the next one on the list of was a film it's not my sort of thing it's called molar um very short little five minute um film about a man who breaks into an abandoned house and finds something disturbing buried in a heap of dirt. Um, yeah, very, very arty, um, but not on my street. Is that about you, Paul?
1: I mean, it was all te-
0: for the camera's sake.
1: It was about, like, the, I don't know, pulling pulling teeth. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Okay, so we moved on to this one. Um, the lady was there um, that, that was in this one and she had a uh, some sort of little kind of leech on her shoulder that was obviously part of the uh, mo- movie, which was cool. It's and called this one was Sucker, called... right? Sucker, yep. Yeah. Sucker. And this one is about two sisters are pitted against each other uh, by a giant uh, a giant, abhorrent leech creature. Uh, this was quite cool. It was only eight minutes long, very gory. Um, I love the premise. It was just about kind of this thing, this big leech that was on her sister's shoulder. It didn't need an explanation. Um, it was just cool. I really good. liked the effects in this one. Yeah, good fun.
1: Really There's good a leech fun. on her shoulder. You know, it was draining her, maybe, and she mm. didn't want to get rid of it. So there we go.
0: Good. But good. Lots of lots of gore in it, which was cool. Uh, next one we watched was Unreal. um This one was about a young projectionist that discovers a strange terror as she watches on screen. It might just have evaded her reality. Um, This one was, I think it was shot in a cinema over just after COVID or something. Um, It it was, uh, it was interesting. Um, Yeah, literally about a young girl that kind of almost gets swallowed up by the projection. There's kind of like a, an evil force, a kind of character that was pixelated and running after and stuff. A little bit creepy in places, but it was Yeah, a bit arty, a
1: bit arty and stuff like that, but it was all right.
0: Now. This one I looked at Paul when this one started. This one was called Legs, sixteen minutes short, and it was uh, literally about one night. Joy swallows a spider in her sleep, and soon develops an insatiable appetite for flies. So this sent us around a couple that I think are trying for a baby. Yeah, and yeah, she it's, it just get there is this, this, this hilarious scene where she goes to see the doctor. And it's like they're talking about a baby, uh, but it's actually she swallowed a spider. And it's like a, a common thing that they're talking yeah,
1: about. Yeah, the doctor's delivery to this was just absolutely hilarious. And I, as if like, he even bought, pulled out a, lif, a, a leaflet saying, <laughs> so you swallowed a spider. <laughs> and it was like, it was OK, so
0: funny.
1: it was really good. But she, that really actress good. is like, you know, a comedian as well, isn't it? She's been in quite a few, so, yeah. few bits. Yeah
0: hmm there was one thing they missed though because she went up to a screen when she was in the office and she squashes a a fly on the wall and licks her finger and i was like all they needed to do for make a comedy element for that was to pan around and somebody just be watching her and see her do it but her not notice that but anyway but it was really good i thought i really enjoyed it this next one i was called catch your breath and i thought this was fantastic uh i i could see this being an actual movie so this is about um, a shy boy is pressured by his brother into playing a game that is said to summon a ghost of a town legend. So the premise is that you go up to this uh, bathroom, light two candles, uh, you say this kind of um, bloody like, Mary-esque sort. Yeah, of thing. bloody Mary, yeah, bloody Mary sort of thing, and then you blow out one candle, and the ghost will blow out the other one, but you've got to hold your breath for one minute. If you don't hold your breath for one minute, the ghost will kill you. It is, I thought it was brilliant. It was so scary. And the effects were fantastic on the creature in it. Really yeah, they got,
1: they, got, uh, they got a lot out of this short.
3: Mm,
0: really, really good. And it was only nine minutes. I thought it was fantastic. But I'd love to see that made into a, a proper feature. I could easily see that happening. Um, next one uh, was called A Killer Outside. Um, this was an eight minute short. Um, believing she is being tormented by an alien entity, Caroline must distinguish between reality and mental illness. This was a bit of a weird one. I didn't really kind of get what was happening with this one. Um, It was really fast paced, um, a little bit eerie in places, but yeah. Did you watch that one, Paul?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the last one I saw.
0: Yeah. Paul had to nip out because he was uh, meeting a friend. So I stayed on, on my own and watched the next two. Um, sorry to say it, but the last one of these two was probably the best out of the yeah, lot.
1: Yeah, I know. It sounded like I missed an absolute treat.
0: Yeah, that's, but then the, the next one is called Microscope. And this was a world premiere. And this one's got a friend of the podcast, Johnny Vivash. Um, we need to get him on soon. Um, hopefully it'll come on soon. But this was a 10 minutes short. And this was about an eccentric microscopist finally gets his hand on some really rare samples, but he could never have imagined what he'll see. So literally, it's it's completely like silent, it's just him in the microscope. He's going through all these microscopes like samples. And you notice one you notice one notice one that's kind of moving around and it cracks. And then it kind of takes over his body. And then literally I'm gonna spoil it, fucking uses a spoon to guide gouge out his eye. And it is fucking gross. The sound on this it was amazing. It was only ten minutes. But it, like this thing overtakes his body. It's like it's an alien. It's, it t- turns him into an alien kind of thing. And it's, it's just batshit. But it's brilliant. It's really, really cool. It's so well done. The effects were brilliant. And then the last one, which was a world premiere game called Bleep. Uh, this was uh, from the UK, eight minutes long. And this was about a couple's relationship is pushed to the brink as they investigate a strange noise that's woken them in the night this was fucking hilarious this one um i won't spoil it because if you can find it maybe it's on youtube or something like that i don't know but it's called bleep and it centers around a couple that just they just hear the wife wakes up hearing the bleep sound downstairs in the kitchen and then they go and go to check it out but all i can say is go and check it out because when you
1: told me the premise of this i was like oh i need to hunt this one out this looks good so
0: funny so funny It was just, I was in stitches. The whole cinema was just in weeps of laughter. Yeah, but it was fun. It was good to see some shorts.
1: Nice. Then we all went back to the Prince Charles, didn't we? And we got to go and watch the 20th anniversary of uh, Dog Soldiers. What a fucking treat this was. So not only is Neil Marshall there for um, his new movie, Lair, but he comes back for a QA, and a brings along his old mate, Sean Pertwee. Fucking you know, hell, we got to have a little bit of a little bit of a schmooze. <laughs> I said hello to Sean. I was, oh my god, how's Gumbo? Yeah, it's good. Um, I fucking love you, Gumbo. Um, yeah, so Dog Soldiers uh, 20th anniversary. Obviously, they're celebrating the f- new 4K beautiful set. They were giving out some at the end as well for some good questions. And some... Matt's got his turned up there. He had to pay, pay for it though. He didn't ask good enough question. So uh, there we go. But (laughs) Um, Dog Soldiers, for those who don't know, it's Neil Marshall's first movie. Um, It centers around a group of soldiers in the middle of a a, a forest, um, and they are slowly being picked off one by one by something in the woods. And what is that thing in the woods? It's fucking werewolves. That's what it is. They're holed up in a cottage um, uh, and hijinks, one liners galore. I mean, if you see Little Red Riding Hood, chin the bitch, it's, <laughs> it's fucking genius. It's an absolute great one lines. This movie um, meant a lot to me. I think growing, growing up, Neil Neil Marshall, it's just it's fucking great. It's such good from a from a time when there weren't many British horror movies. This was fucking outstanding. Um, uh, the special effects were great. We got to learn all sorts of stuff about the special effects at the the movie hadn't watched this for like probably now 15 years got to learn the fact there's two and a half million budget where it was set how it was how it was put together um sean was talking loads he obviously fucking still has fond memories of like the movie as well it seemed like a real guerrilla way of filming as well as just like a big group of lads just camaraderie amongst the crew i just sounded fucking awesome it Sounds there. like
2: they were pissed all through all the way through the shoot, the way they went on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah man.
2: it's brilliant. It's, it's it's just as good as I sort of remember, and I sort of yeah you know, remember sort of laughing at it. And obviously, it's got a couple of my homeboys in from, uh, the northeast, so that's always a good uh, a a good laugh. But yeah, no, it was it was really good, really, really, really good. And like I said, to be in the that little cinema, you know, with the director and one of the stars was was quite special. So yeah, no, very good.
1: Any any rememberable memorable one-liners paul uh
2: i hope i give you the shits (laughs) that was my favorite one i think and i also like sausages (laughs) (laughs) yeah very good
0: yeah yeah it was great to see this on the big screen i thought it looked absolutely superb sounded fantastic it was a treat i mean i didn't i don't know if i saw i don't think i saw it on the cinema the first time around So, yeah, this was an absolute treat. Um, Just fond memories of this movie. It was great to see it again. Just the effects alone, like Paul said, were were fantastic of what what they had. You know, they were saying they they hired, like, dancers to be the wolves and put them on stilts to make them, like, loom over the the kind of cast and stuff. Just brilliant little things. Just, yeah, awesome movie. Brilliant, brilliant time. I, I really enjoyed watching it. It was just great
1: it is a different werewolf movie it is it is like, you know, there's not many, there's not a transformation in it. It's just them as werewolves don't really get that sort of like full transformation probably because of budget constraints. I imagine, but like those wolves look really fucking creepy and cool, man. And they were, so it's, it's such a good way of sort of looking at things through the sort of eyes of like a group of soldiers and stuff like that. And like a, elite soldiers. And he had a, um, quite a young Liam Cunningham in it as well. Mm. Which is uh, as a fucking as the arsehole. That's really good, man. Yeah. This is a good fucking movie. I'm so glad ten, we went to
0: ten see out it. of ten. Ten out of ten all day.
1: All day. All day. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I
2: agree.
0: Of Geordie Paul, you're not giving it a nine just because it killed all the Geordies off.
2: Well on reflection. Maybe Geordies have to die. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. definitely. We'll do a horror movie saying all Geordies must die.
2: All Geordies must die, yeah.
0: So after that, um, we had a little break and we went over to the main screen to watch a Dutch movie uh, called Hazard. Or has for I-A-R-D... for... I don't know. Yeah, anyway. This one was... It's not really a horror movie at all. Um, they came out and introduced it and said it's like a, a buddy movie, which I didn't really see much of it. Um, this is definitely... do i use this word car porn movie (laughs) so i mean i mean the
1: the the cameras never that never leaves the fucking car which is quite interesting
0: it's quite it's quite technical i mean it centers around a guy that obviously loves his car to bits spent all his money in his uh, into his car has has got a relationship with his girlfriend and or wife i don't think his wife is girlfriend and he's got a daughter. Um, and he's got a cousin, I believe, that's just coming out of jail. That's obviously embroiled in a bit of the kind of like the drug underworld. And he just gets kind of involved in being a driver for a job. And his car just keeps getting fucking broke, made dirty. Um, and his daughter gets kidnapped and it ends up being a bit of a kind of, um, yeah, a weird one. Kind of a race against the time to get the drugs back to the underground kind of yeah drugs dealer um yeah i mean you know it wasn't it wasn't for me however i can you know i think that it was shot really well um you know the perspective of just always being in the car was fantastic it was really really well filmed Jordy paul
2: yeah, technically it was it was decent. I just I, I I just got the feeling that they think it's a better film than it actually is, and like everyone who made it, or, I don't know. I just it was a bit up its own ass for me. I because the guy the guy who loves his car, but then I never really got the sense at the end of it he was really gutted that his car was fucked.
0: <laughs> he didn't get you know, angry enough, did he? He didn't get angry no, enough He's he almost like
2: resigned to the, the fact that the shit's just happening when actually. It's his own fault all shit happened because he does something which causes the shit to happen. Um, and then yeah, I just his his cousin, who's meant to be obviously the the dimwit and the, 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 the comedy foil for him, just, it just did my head in.
0: He was annoying money.
2: And there was some really, really strange bits in it where they get the security guard who basically spoilers humps his car. Uh, yeah, I, it just, I just an I, interesting, an bit, to be
0: honest, an interesting exhaust pipe shot at the end.
1: Yes,
2: it was almost, it
1: was almost Hardcore Henry, but in a car. Yeah, maybe Remember that movie, enough. Hardcore Henry.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you want to see, if you want to watch a film that's set in a car and it's a brilliant film, go and watch Locke with Tom Hardy in it. Because I don't know if you have seen that, but I really love that film.
0: No one fucks a car in that, but yeah
2: no, nobody fucks a car. but that's <laughs> such a great, it's such a great layered film, which is basically just one shot of Tom Hardy driving, and uh, it's, it's really good for like the tension building and it's really good, so mm. but yeah, no I d- it did no nah, it's a bit of a interesting
1: tidbit. Bit, bit. the director also directed Toxic Aven- Avengers Four, so
0: well,
2: that explains it then, doesn't it?:
1: <laughs> Yeah, not much to say on this one, not for me.
0: Okay, what are we rating it then? Paul? I'm
2: going to go... Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Just because just it's a bit more technical than the ones I've given a three to.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd go
1: four as well. Fair, fair. Four out of ten, defo.
2: Cool. So, um, moving on to the last film on the Sunday. So, um, I think it's probably fair to say we were a bit fatigued by this point <laughs> and then we saw a film starring Paul Butcher's favourite actor Stephen Doff. <laughs> he says with a lot of sarcasm and Emil Hirsch and it was called The Price We Pay so uh, basically uh, this centres around uh, a pawn shop robbery uh, gone wrong um, and basically uh, three criminals take refuge at a remote house with a hostage they get away from the, the pawn shop and they haul up because their car runs out of fuel and they try and get they, they lay up in a farmhouse and then some weird shit starts happening. Lads, who wants to take
1: this one up? I don't know. Like um I wasn't like I wasn't blown away by it, but it wasn't like an awful movie. Um the sort of like sort of robbery gone, robbery gone wrong taking a hostage and then you know go into a farm and then we don't you don't get what is expected at the farm um it sort of dives into almost like a bit of a hostile situation with Emil hirsch's character being quite an interesting douche he's kind of a you know a bit of a sociopath um and the sort of way that he deals with um, what is going to happen is quite was quite interesting to watch. There were some quite quite interesting bits. I like I like Emil Hirsch. Um, there was some good good special effects in it. Some good blood. Some good uh, good gore. An interesting uh, main um, sort of two protagonists, I guess. The and then that final fucking kill is like something to behold. Um, a nice bit of usage of uh, barbed wire. Um, definitely but um, yeah it's not it wasn't like amazing but it wasn't like mega shit so yeah
0: I agree it, w- it wasn't the, the worst film ever I mean it, it, I just think that it could have gone different places and I just think the choices that they made just seemed a bit lame um, and but I agree it, it did it did top off the ending it was uh, I, I, I kind of give it a little bit of applaud for the last the last ending bit but yeah i just i think it could have gone somewhere else it just it was like oh right so that's the plot excellent and then it, it just like the main guy didn't it, was just, it wasn't evil enough it just it just yeah i just yeah it didn't it wasn't it was great it, it was had awesome.
2: like a paragraph of exposition in it just explaining what was going on at a really random time in the film when you weren't. it didn't really build up or anything it was just happening it was like oh no, 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 no. this is what's happening didn't give any gravity to it. It was just like, "That's the crack," and you're like, oh, "Oh, all right then." And then if it wasn't for the sort of the menacing sort of female character, the film would have been really, really bland. Um, yeah. But I've just, I've just looked. you know there's Like the old dude in it, like the bad guy. Do you know who he is? He's the bad guy from Commando. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's just got another point. Yeah. Well, there
2: you go. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah i literally just looked that up but yeah it was a bit you know a bit paid by numbers to be honest for me so
0: yeah but it course.
2: was a very good ending like they, they i'll give you the props that the the sort of kill at the end is very very inventive
1: yeah almost almost killer the festival that almost
0: almost i give that i think i'd give it a five out of ten halfway point i think
1: five's fair yeah. five is uh, fair yeah. definitely yeah yeah far from me Well that was Sunday done and then we oh let me move on to Monday
0: the home straight
1: where we have four more movies to talk about which ones will hit and which ones'll miss well we woke up early enough to go and see the first one which we weren't going to do and oh my God I'm so happy that we did the first uh, movie is a spat is is uh, Spanish it's called Piggy um it was uh created off the back of a short um and turned into a feature um it's about an overweight teen it's almost like a coming of rage sort of movie um like what i did the uh where you got the sort of main um the main character is not really a likable character but she's bullied unfortunately even though she is bullied she's not that likable still but it follows her um her journey uh, Sarah and a, uh, and she is picked on and it's sort of like there's a serial killer in the background that's sort of like picking off people almost um, as if it's she, he's choosing and deciding um, who is uh, whose prey is based on her and sort of like which is quite interesting but it's it follows some very interesting visuals deals with obviously um, something that's very close to my heart like in terms of bullying and stuff like that um, but it does tend to go somewhere a little bit differently than most movies and the way that they deal with it. She doesn't really say much to our, our Sarah. Um, but so it's always left to um, what she does and the way she does it. And it's, it's sort of really beautifully shot and, and the location of it is like fantastic to sort of see where she sort of trots off, I guess, into different, different places. Uh, Matt.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I, I I was a bit dubious because I wasn't sure if I was going to make it, if I was going to go to this. Because I was like, I was feeling a bit dodgy, a little bit, a, a little bit um, fragile after our bit of uh, karaoke the night before. Um, but I'm glad that you actually persuaded me, uh, Butch, because it was it was fantastic. It's really different to see this sort of movie. It was refreshing. It was it kept me captivated the whole way through. Um, maybe. Maybe a little tad too long for me. However, that said, like the storyline was interesting. The acting was fantastic. And the way it was shot was beautiful. Like some scenes where, um, like swimming scenes and and kind of like the location. And and when there was kind of this, like a siesta almost, it was like, ah, a sleepy little town. They just go away for their siesta. And it's like a ghost town. I love the way it portrayed that. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Uh,
2: yeah, the, I think the, the, the great skill with the filmmaking as well is it made you feel a bit hot and sweaty and a bit sticky and a bit dirty at the same time. I think the way it was shot, you, you sort of almost felt you were there, um, because it, it's a big. It is quite grimy. Uh, yeah, great, great for, central performance. I think the only the only grumble you touched on it there was the the run length. I thought towards the end even though the end was quite good, I thought sort of maybe the three quarter points through the film started to lag a bit, and I don't know whether that's because it was a short and the impact of the short obviously you're just trying to extend that idea a bit, and I don't know whether they managed to carry it all the way through but uh, yeah, it was very, very well done Do you know, uh, something that I heard about, the actress who um, played Sarah, so obviously what, she's 16, 17 in well, the character Sarah, schoolgirl, she was in her mid thirties when she played it.
1: Bloody yeah, really? Wow.
2: Which I just thought, Jesus, you never, you, you didn't think, oh my god, that's like. I mean, some films you watch and you know they're older than they're supposed to be, but this one, I was like, wow, well surprised. Um, but yeah, good it story.
1: So well with her innocence and uh, her sort of naivety, and as well as like her sort of way that she dealt with her. Sort of bullies and stuff like that was just like very sad and and stuff, and yet she was kind of our heroine in the end, but also um, a bit of a bitch. Well, you know, she did the right thing in the end, or did she? Did she? <laughs> or did she? It's <laughs> sort of one of those movies where it's sort of like it does kind of let lead you to make your own mind up about what is going going to sort of happen and uh, yeah. what she's actually done is very 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 cool. I like this one a lot. A lot. It was. It was um, I was very surprised that, that, that and uh, happy that we went to see this one. I'm glad we did go see it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and I, I'll give it a healthy, um, a healthy eight out of ten.
0: Yeah, I'll give it eight, eight out of ten. That's fair. That's good.
2: I'm gonna go seven, guys, just to be that guy. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the moment everybody has been waiting for. Well, definitely us, anyway. So we were so pumped. Even I mean, Paul Butch, you were you were whooping, you were psyching yourself up before we went in for this. You know, you woke up in the morning, you're like Terrifier Two, baby. <laughs> like we we <laughs> totally psyched ourselves up for that. So it was Terrifier Two. So obviously we we have uh, watched Terrifier One. Jory Paul, you had it as your homework, which was good. I'm glad you watched that before we went. So we got seated. We had a nice little video. From uh, the director and the actor of Art the Clown, which was cool. And then we went balls deep into Terrified 2. And boy, were we not let down. I fucking thought this was debauchery blood on the next level. So we kick off where, where we left off with Art the Clown. Um, straight in there. I don't even know where to start with this. Where do we even start?
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean...
0: It centres around... Uh, a teenage girl um kind of teenage
1: teenage girl and a brother
0: yeah so it centers around them and kind of art the clown is kind of pursuing them throughout the movie
1: well it feels like he's he's targeting them but i don't know if he is the sort of
0: like a big coincidence if he ain't
1: (laughs) It just moves towards them okay in okay in in a way uh and along the way, along the way, there are some interesting moments. This is very important to note. that This is a running time of two hours, 20 minutes.
0: And we probably yeah. will spoil it.
1: Yeah. So. Um, you have to uh, uh, acknowledge the fact that Felicia Rose is in this movie. Sleepaway Camp herself. Um, the Sienna and Eric, who plays a sort of the brother and sister dynamic. Sienna especially was fucking phenomenal. Gorgeous. Again, gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> I know it sounds a little bit pervy. Um, anyway, but like, obviously this was a fan backed movie that absolutely smashed it. And uh, so he, in terms of like the budget that he got for this, so he kept on just extending it and giving us more. This is really one made for art, the clown fans. That's why the length of time is so long. Um, so you get a lot more like character development, but fuck me, the special effects in this absolutely astonishing the amount of there's not a movie at this festival all combined that has the amount of blood um and guts that this sort of brings us it's just absolutely ridiculous carnage carnage oh god i think you could just almost just pick one death at a time can you ali's death i mean the way he plays around with some of these (laughs) i mean that first movie where you've got that upside that girl the upside down when the way he saws sores are enough what he does to poor Ali is just unbelievable it's just like it's, it's gone on another level in, in terms of debauchery it was like you kind of almost challenge yourself to kind of go fuck am I am I that fucked up that I'm sort of kind of enjoying the fact that there's this much like violence blood and guts on screen
0: is it, is it too far that's the
1: not, question you got not for ask. me <laughs> Not for me. I I still don't think. I mean, it's such he's such an interesting character, but yeah, I, I didn't. Did he go over a line? I don't know. Well, how do you feel about it?
0: I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, obviously, he said before he made it is that there's going to be bigger kills. There's going to be more gore. There's going to be like it's just going to be crazy. Um, and the 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 bedroom scene with the friend that gets killed was insane. I mean, it goes far. I don't think, it, I mean, for me, for me, it wouldn't, you know, it doesn't overstep the line, but I think if you showed that to an to a unseasoned horror fan, they would probably be fucking freaked the fuck out by that. Because it's evil. <laughs> I mean, not only does he do, it, you know, he fucking literally fucking goes to town on this girl, like scalps her, fucking splits her hands. Like, literally, she's dying. Like, And then he comes out with this kind of fucking, what was it? Like, acid types? I don't know what it was. Like, salt acid stuff? And just doused her in it? It's like, oh, my God. The most pain and horrific thing you could do to someone. It's just mental. Because. Yeah, and then
1: to show all that, and then her mum walks in, and she's sort of still alive.
2: And he's, like, hacking bits off her.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: Ew. biting her.
0: It's just yeah, it's fucking crazy. Do we want to talk about storyline? Is there a storyline to this movie?
2: Well, do you want me to weigh in here?
0: Yeah, go go, Jordy <laughs> Paul, because I so, think we had a little bit of a chat about this, haven't we? A little bit.
3: I
2: I just it, the the whole film for me, I mean, oh my god, it's just such an assault on your senses. But it, I think they got a little bit too excited, <laughs> and a little bit too carried away with themselves because there's a few bits in the film which. I know films like this aren't made to make sense. I know. But they spent a tonne of time investing in stuff that didn't have a payoff. So for me, there was no point putting it in the film. You could have just had Art the Clown doing what he was doing. Fine, cool, gory, had this shock factor. Like the first one, you know, it was a bit like, what? Like, what's going on? They spent a tonne of time with the, the, the boy and the girl. And obviously they've got family issues. Their mother was a bit of a mental case. And then their dad had killed himself, you found out, and he'd gone a bit mental. And they literally set this up, right, that Art the Clown was going to be their dad.
1: Because Uh, he had a scrapbook. I I have to say, I never felt that. So for you to uh, that's up to you. Okay.
2: Well, well, all right then. Well, I felt that we're going down this road, right? And then they had this scrapbook, and he had the pictures of the kills and all this type of stuff. And it was... There was loads of this like focusing on a dad and how our dad can see stuff and all this type of stuff. And they never dealt with it. They never dealt with it at all. For the rest of the like still, it's up in the air. Like, what will the going on about?
0: I do have to agree with Jordi Poirier. I I, think that possibly, I mean, this is my take on it and only my take alone. I think they were going down that route and then halfway through, they decided, actually, I don't think that's the route to go down. I'd, we don't need to do this. Let's just make it a bit crazy kind of heel turny kind of way. Unless it's gonna make more sense maybe when he makes terrify Terrifier free, maybe he's gonna link a story. That's, to
1: that's it, what uh, I was gonna say. is part of, yeah I suppose Possibly. now we know that it's part of a trilogy, especially with that fucking Easter egg of a scene at the end. Oh my fucking word. Um you know, there is something perhaps more to this. And maybe the dad's got something to do with it. Maybe. Um, and maybe the fact that there's a weird fucking sword that has something to do with it as well. Don't know. They went all like weird and kind of <laughs> is it gonna it, devil fantasy? I don't know. Is there? A, I didn't need. I don't need a reason. I didn't need anything. They could have cut back and all that storyline and just fucking let him kill more. I mean, he did kill a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, I want well, I didn't I need the a
2: reason. I don't need a reason. But if you're gonna spend half oh, an hour, forty five minutes of a two hour film talking about this stuff, maybe give us a reason or just leave it out. That that was my whole thing. It was like, why did you why did they do it? Like I'm not even talking about the, the, the flashy sword at the end or her getting dropped into hell maybe or I don't know. But like whatever, have it like that. You know, the end credit scene was bonkers, but have it, that's fine. But it just don't spend ages in a film talking about something that never gets Dealt with in a way, I don't know. It just that's the only thing. Like, don't get us wrong, Paul. Jesus, man, like, it did what it said on the tin. It did mm-hmm. what I promised. I just think it. I think, like I said, they got a bit carried away with themselves when they could have just pulled back a bit. But my God, I've never looked at mashed potato in the same way again.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus oh, fucking really. Christ! That bit with the shotgun. I mean, I didn't. Some of the kills. It's like, uh, again, we know we expect the unexpected, but Jesus Christ!
2: <sighs> yeah, you've, you've blown someone's head off. It just sat at a table and then you go here's some mashed potato and smash it into the half a skull it, yeah I mean some of it was just crazy I loved the bit in the 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 uh, Halloween shop mm. again when he just appears and then she leaves her bag and she thinks she's going to have to go back and he slams it on the counter thought so that was really well done um,
0: I think yeah. that's obviously how he finds out where she lives because then he, how would he know but, where she lives
2: He's obviously a supernatural entity thing now, is he? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, always has been. I mean, he kept, when he was in All Hallowe's, he just came out of the TV. Yeah. So yeah.
0: there is. A, yeah, it's definitely supernatural.
2: Well, like, I mean, he's still, like, for me, it's still, um, it was such a great character, and they can do anything they want with it now, because they've almost turned him sort of Kruger-esque, haven't they? <laughs> now, I mean, it didn't,
0: like... it didn't, I don't know about you, but it didn't feel like a two-and-a-half-hour movie at all, not to me. I thought I was I was thoroughly engrossed in it the whole time. I did not look away once. You know, it was great. I, well, I wasn't
2: bored. I definitely wasn't bored. But I no. just I suppose it's just the, the plot threads that they just left hanging. I just thought, well, they just didn't need to do it. The only time the only scene I thought, Jesus, this has gone a long time was that clown scene at the start with the clown song.
1: That song was ace.
2: <laughs> the song was great. Yeah, the song was great, but the scene See, I, just went I, on for a bit. That scene lasted about 25 minutes and it was a dream scene. And you're like all right okay i get it
0: <laughs> but then I, I, I there are little bits where i'm like you know this at the end of the day you know they're running this so a little bit of it it's like a, they want it to be a franchise so they introduce kind of like an almost new character that's kind of his little sidekick they they <laughs> in, they've introduced a now he has his own theme tune you see what i mean it's like it's it's a product he's now art the clan is a product he, I'm sorry, no matter what you say, he sells products, he sells t-shirts, he, you know. Well, they, they already said, that Fightfest already said, it was the biggest ticket sales outside of the actual festival they've ever had. That's You know, there is such a big cult following of Art the Clown and the terrifying movies,
1: which is great. Fucking poster that they put up, like, afterwards. It's just mm, fucking brilliant. beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, 100%.
0: But they yeah, I enjoyed it. They didn't enjoyed give
1: fr- they didn't give Fright Fest that poster, did they? Which is quite which is quite interesting.
0: Mm, don't know. Maybe it was just a reveal afterwards.
1: Did we have a little bit of um, Colin Salmon before this movie as well? Was that this before this movie? Where, like, no, so
0: <clears> that <throat> was before Bar- Barbarian.
1: Ah, okay, okay. But yeah, loved it. Nine out of ten for me. Fucking brilliant. Fucking disgusting. Really fought low of myself for enjoying it, so yeah. <laughs> there we go, Jordi Paul.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten just because of the, like, like I said, but still, really strong. If you if you if you love Terrifier, you're gonna love Terrifier too. It amps it up, it amps it up. I just thought there was a couple of bits where they could have just left it out for me. It was a bit just got a bit sort of confusing when it didn't have to be, but yeah. Gr- Grim, nasty. What did I say about the first one? That was a nasty little film. This was a nastier, bigger film.
1: <laughs> I've heard the Blu-rays got is like three hours long, the extended cut.
0: Oh, just made that up.
3: <clears throat>
2: uh, I'm,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it an eight out of ten for me as well. Maybe if I do see that cut, maybe it'll bring up to a nine. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great. I, mean, I did. I did make that up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, so penultimate film. Um, we were racing it through. Thanks for this one, lads. Uh, the next one we went to see, Burial, which, in fairness to us three, we weren't really that keen on.
0: Well, I go could say see. you want to sit this one out. I mean, you know.
2: You did. But look, we were on for... We were, we were good, you know. We weren't seeing the fall, so we, were, we We thought we'd best go and see this one. So, uh, basically, uh, set in the last days of World War Two, follows a, a group of Russian soldiers who have been tasked with transporting a box across Poland and into Russia to give to Stalin. Uh, You find out basically that in the box is the body of Adolf Hitler. And then this is where the synopsis got a bit funny because I'm going to read the synopsis, right? And, yeah. Uh, En route, the unit is attacked by German werewolves and is picked off one by one, right? (laughs) So we thought we were going to watch a werewolf film, not realising that werewolves was the term that Ger- Hermann Goebbels gave to the bloody German fighters in the forest to make them sound bloody scary. Wankers. Yes. Wankers. So this film is essentially about this group of people trying to get from A to B. And, uh, well, I mean, I've said this to you already, but I'll say it again. I, in today's day and age, right, The amount of actors in the world and the cultural, like, you know, you can find actors anywhere, right? You can find actors and let them do accents, right? They're actors, right? Why have a group of Russian soldiers speaking like this? We need to transport Hitler's body back to... It just jarred me from the start. And I was like, you got a Cockney in there? You, then you've got a guy trying to speak Russian, but he just keeps on going in that I thing. I just thought it was really, really lazy from the start. And then you get ten, Tom Felt, Tom Felton from Harry Potter rock up as a German Paul, and his nope. accent was terrible as well. Yeah, it just really, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm ranting on about it, but I just thought it was really bland. What did you think? No, nah,
1: I don't. I don't really want to give this much air, to be honest. I mean. Like you said, it was fucking incredibly random and lazy in terms of one minute we're getting subtitled Polish or subtitled German or subtitled Russian. Um, they're all speaking English. It's filmed in, clearly filmed in Wales. Um, and you get one kind of guy attempting a Russian accent, but why if the rest of them aren't? It's fucking pointless. This whole movie um, was a fucking letdown. I was expecting goddamn Nazi werewolves I'm giving this a fucking one out of ten Suck my dick I Fucking heck
2: <laughs> Well do you know what right There's a couple of bits in it. I actually wow. thought werewolves were going to turn up And do you know when they were? Well, we have to bury it every night It has to be buried every night And then they're like why, why? Well Yeah because in case we get killed and people find it And I was thinking oh no Hitler's going to like come from the dead and kill them all No it was, it was literally not a horror film at all And it was just It was really boring Not tense at all Just Yeah Really, just, yeah, really bad. So, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10.
0: I haven't even said my piece yet, you cheeky fuckers. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm not, look, I always try and look at the positives of, of some films, <clears throat> and I thought um, the costume design and, and the props were really good, and the locations are really cool. Um, One thing I will say that I do like about the film, or I don't know if I like it, but The kind of like in a nutshell, the film does show that after all this time, things have not even changed, which I quite like that bit. On that basis alone, I'll give it a three out of ten for me.
1: This is the last movie for the Fright Fest weekend under heavy embargo. I mean, we're two days out of embargo, so there's not much much that we can say. We can't, we're not officially officially giving this a review disney um so this was like under heavy guard it had security all around the cinema to make sure nobody was fucking filming it and it was uh, they had paul had to do a big fucking like declaration to make sure that nobody was going to do anything dodgy had a it has a review embargo until the wednesday the 7th so two days after we um published this podcast So, you know, because we don't give a fuck, this isn't going to be a review. (laughs) But so no spoilers, no nothing. Just uh, uh, the fact that uh, this movie stars Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, um, Georgina Campbell. Um, It's about a woman staying in an Airbnb where she discovers that the house she rented has somebody there already. And then shit goes on from there this was one of the best movies of the festival by it was just fucking bonkers this is going to get a cinema release or something you're going to see this go see it unspoiled enjoy the fucking ride
0: and it's got our mate richard Brake in it as well which is always a plus but yeah unfortunately we can't say much on this i don't you know don't want to get in trouble but, yeah, all I can say is go and see it and and try not try and stay away from any kind of trailers and everything like that and and reviews when they do come out. Just go in blind, enjoy it, have fun because it's a corker of a movie and i'm I'm really glad we watched this at the uh, as our last film,
2: yeah, it was a perfect way to finish the the festival. I was really looking forward to this um based on the trailer I'd seen because I' just thought it looked really, really cool. and whatever you think it might be, it's not. so. Just go and see it. Enjoy. Possibly,
0: it. possibly, we'll do a full review when it has its uh, release. Maybe, maybe we should do that because I think it maybe deserves that.
2: Yeah, it was. It's a great bit of filmmaking. It's great. It's fantastic. So yeah, definitely, definitely needs to be seen before you hear about it.
0: Cool. Um, but we had a fantastic time. Uh, Jory Paul's first ever time. It was. It was so so much fun. Uh, massive thanks to Ian, Paul, Alan and Greg for putting this on again um, It was it was great fun Jory Paul, you got anybody you would like to thank?
2: Well yeah, I mean first off, uh, big shout out to uh, Paul Johnson, neill the general manager of Cineworld and all the staff they were all fantastic great service, looked after everyone I didn't see anybody complaining or kicking off or doing anything like that, it was all great great spirited, so yeah, well done and uh, yeah, thanks Paul Um for putting it on and, uh, and, yeah, lovely cinema and the massive fucking screen that every director commented on how big it was. So, yeah, uh, thanks for it's that. And the then country. I just obviously, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much obviously to you guys for inviting me along because it was amazing. Loved it. Um, Surprising, actually. I actually like more films than I disliked so, and I was a bit worried <laughs> that I'd be it like... Was, it, should, was
0: a good, it was a good year. Possibly the best that we've been, I think, as it was a fucking good year
2: and then everybody we spoke to from the filmmakers to the people that you guys know like uh people like andy and meg um uh, paul your friend paul everyone we met was so friendly so inviting so welcoming so yeah thank you very much
1: yeah cheers to mr paul thomas who came up and uh, met us um had a couple of beers watched a few movies had a laugh by the looks of things um we met uh, uh, so, some interesting people in the uh, industry, to say the least. Um, definitely will make no spoilers whatsoever. But yeah, we we definitely met some very interesting people to talk horror with um, who have some very interesting jobs out there. If you listen to this, you know who you are. <laughs> 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 we will never spoil anything. Um, Liam, you know, uh, Reagan from Miss Campbell. You're a gent. Thanks for like uh, uh, talking to us. Um, you know, Benson and Moorhead, you're fucking legends. They're fucking cool. Um, yeah, Andy, you're a good lad. And uh, you misses Mrs. Meg, um, Mitch, you know, all your, all your mates that come down. We saw Lewis again, which was great. Um, yeah, just everyone. It's lovely
0: seeing him after like three years, so long. It's just lovely to see him, give him a hug, have a crack, have a laugh, just have a beer. It was great. It was just a lot of, yeah, it was just good to see people again. But, what a time thanks to gregs for providing us with all the food for the weekend
2: quick mention to uh the person who we won't share the name and um, but uh who contacted us with a well contacted matt with a very very lovely message and uh, uh we, we all sort of uh took it to heart and thanks for listening to the podcast
0: and again yeah i really appreciate it really well, so. it's good yeah, to yeah. hear that we're helping people out um that's why we started the pod um people can listen to us and get a bit of comfort from listening to our really boring voices, then that's great. That's good fun.
1: Yeah, and um uh will Will Heigo from uh, the group who sent us a screener to watch and we will be looking at that and having a chat with him in a future podcast as well. So that's really cool.
0: Excellent stuff.
1: Well that's Frightfest twenty twenty two special done. Moving on to the next episode where we've already got us our move from the vault, which is The Ring. Um, our main review is uh, yet to be announced, but I imagine something that is at the cinema, if it's accessible, might be might be watched, because we did miss the f- final movie. Um, the Fall is out at the cinema for a couple of days. So <laughs> if we get to see that, that might be our movie. But there's a load of movies coming in September. And um, without further ado, I think that ends uh, another great episode. Thanks for listening. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast.
3: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last, Instagram at Draw One Last Breath, or pop us an email at Draw One Last Breath, pod at hotmail.com.